0: Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Wetzloff, and today it's a moody, rainy, Sunday afternoon in mid-June, mid-June-ish. And I'm sitting here in my propagation greenhouse on my farm, and I'm thinking about when things go wrong and uh, something I've been thinking a lot about lately for a lot of different reasons. Um, One of the reasons I'm thinking about how how do we deal with it when things go wrong is because I'm sitting here by myself talking to myself and uh, that's because I totally lost track of time this week and did not line up a guest to interview for this show and uh, didn't really want to air a repeat. So I thought, hmm, okay, well, I guess you're going to be just talking to yourself so here I am although I guess technically in this moment if you're listening to this I'm talking to you but right here in this moment that I'm in I'm talking to myself looking outside at the trees listening to the birds listening to the rain start to increase on my greenhouse um, which fortunately is drowning out the sounds of traffic from the highway nearby so that's maybe a good thing when things go wrong so I um I just have to be honest with you guys and tell you that I am having an epically terrible year on my farm, and it's teaching me a lot. I am learning lessons this year, so I guess it's not a catastrophe, because it's always a good time, good thing, when you learn from uh, the problems that befall you. But a fundamental reason why it's such a terrible year for me is that we had a, a... Pretty unusual thing happened, which is that um, it seems like the potting soil that we bought this year, that we start all of our seeds in, start the you know plugs for plant starts that we plant out here on our farm for crops, that we use for all of our plant starts that we sell in our nursery. Um, there seems to be something profoundly wrong with it, and my plants weren't growing. They were just stunted and looked ill, and they didn't actively die. They we're just kind of zombie plants but uh, certainly weren't growing, and weren't growing in the way that they should and that I needed them to. And it's created just a a, a host of problems for us this year, Um, pretty much ground our growing season to a halt in many ways, and uh, a lot of people working on this with me to try and figure out what's wrong. What is wrong with the soil? To try and, you know, determine the cause of this and I I definitely want to give a shout out to um, wonderful folks at Oregon State University Extension Service and the National Resource Conservation Service who are working with me on this to try and figure out uh, what might be the cause of this, what it could be, what's the makeup of the soil that is making it behave so differently this year. So, you know, my my season is looking very different from how um, perhaps it has in the past. And uh, it just has made me think a lot about, you know, sometimes things don't go the way we expect them to. Sometimes, you know, even though we think we're doing everything right, uh, just terrible things happen, and there's nothing we can do about it. So gardeners, I think, really learn this lesson over and over again. And it's part of uh, the challenge of gardening. Um, It's part of, I think in some ways, the fun of it, um, the challenge of it because you you learn and you learn and you get better and you understand how to troubleshoot. You understand how to diagnose when things go wrong. You start to anticipate things. And you know, well, if I do this, this, and this, I'm probably gonna avoid these problems that I was having before, before I understood that doing things that way maybe wasn't the best way to grow things in my garden. So what I wanna talk about with you is how do we start asking the right questions? How do we diagnose um, what might be wrong with our plants when things do go wrong, when things don't grow the way that you expected them to, when you are faced with you know, plants that are dying, or maybe they look sick, or you don't know what's wrong with them, or it seems like something's eating them, but you don't know what it is. How do you know what to ask? And there, there are certain very key questions, um, diagnostic questions that you want to ask, investigative questions that, you know, if, if your garden was a crime scene, crime scene and, uh, say, you know, Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot showed up in your garden and was going to help you figure out who murdered your plants, I think these are the kind of questions that he would probably ask you. Um, and it might help you understand what happened and you know it may not bring your plants back to life but it might help you find closure and help you not make those mistakes again. So one of the first things that we look at um, in trying to understand what's gone wrong are what you might call cultural problems, cultural situations and this would be the environment that the plants are growing in and has anything Changed in that environment? Has anything? Have you done anything different? Has something? Uh, it, you know, is there more sun, less sun, more water, less water? What might have happened in the environment of this plant that could be causing these problems? So, not necessarily that it's a disease. It might not be that um, a pest is eating it, but there may just be something that's happening. And one of the classic ones um, you may have encountered this. I know that I certainly have. Is the whole overwatering, underwatering uh, problem. And the, the challenge there is that the symptoms of overwatering can look an awful lot like the symptoms of underwatering, in that the plants get very limp and they kind of droop and sometimes they can get a bit yellowy looking and sickly and they just don't thrive. And now this could be because your plants are desperately thirsty and they're just dying because they're not getting enough water. Or it could be because you are watering and watering and watering and watering them and essentially you're drowning them. And the only way to know that is to determine how wet the soil is that they're growing in. Sometimes if you're growing plants, especially in a large container, you know, you might stick your finger down in the top couple of inches of soil and it feels dry and your plant's looking terrible. So you're thinking, oh, my plant is really dry. I've got to water it, you pour some more water on it. But what you've got to do is get down to where the roots of the plant are and see if it's wet down there. Because if it's wet down where the roots are, you probably don't need to water and it might well be that the plant is overwatered, and you need to weigh back off on your water. And that might help resolve the situation. Um, A great thing, uh, a technique that I've learned over the years and I've taught this to a lot of different people is to use weight as a guide for how to determine if your plant needs water or not. And that is just as simple as picking up the container and feeling how heavy it is. And a great way to know how a plant feels, how heavy it should feel when it's well watered is when you're potting it up, you know, put in your soil in the container, you know, tamp it down, tuck your plant in or plants, depending, and um, give it a really good water, you know, water it well, water all those plants in, let the water drain out of the bottom of the pot, maybe let it sit for a minute or so, and then lift the pot up. You know, just lift it up and feel it, how heavy it is. Now, I understand sometimes you might have a really large container, and it might be hard to lift it up. You may not have the physical strength. But sometimes you can just tip it a little bit up, tip it to one side, and just feel the weight of the pot. So just try and feel that physically in your body and remember that weight. So if you're wondering, does my plant need to get watered or not, just pick it up. And if it feels heavy, if it feels like comparable to what you remember it felt like when you first planted it and watered it in, it's probably okay. Um, If it's really light and you can pick it up super easily and it feels way lighter than what you remember, it probably does need some water. And that's a kind of guideline right at the very beginning to help you know, am I watering too much? Am I not watering enough? Most plants like to be well watered, but they like to dry out in between waterings so you know it's you can't really say with you know this plant or that plant I need to water it once a week um, for 15 minutes it depends on so many different things how big is your container is it in the sun is it in a hot location is it in a cool location has it been raining has it been really sunny do you live in a windy spot you know there's so many different factors that might affect how quickly that pot dries out so it isn't a formula. There's no checklist that you can follow. You can't really set a timer for it. You just have to pay attention and know and observe your plants. And if it seems like they're struggling, that is absolutely one of the first things to look at and, and try and determine overwatering, underwatering. There's no easier way to kill a plant. But say it's fine, you know, you're not overwatering it or you're not underwatering it, you're doing just great. And it still doesn't seem like it's doing very well, but you look closer at it and you notice that there's little marks on the leaves. Or maybe it looks like someone's taking a bite out of the edges or something's happening there. Some of the leaves look sort of contorted and you can't quite figure out what's going on, but you don't see any insects. Well, there are lots of insects that can affect a plant, but that aren't necessarily sitting there waiting for you to notice them and you know, reach out and squish them a lot of times they hide in the soil they might hide around the base of the plant they might hide kind of in nearby environment Um, if it's a slug it might be hiding under a rock or it might be hiding down you know in the the roots around the plant and you know emerging at night to feast upon your plant and so again it's like observation look at it throughout different times of day try and determine if you can ever see the insect on the plant Um, taking pictures of your plant I have to say one of the best diagnostic tools um, that a gardener can have is quite possibly something that you're carrying in your pocket, which is a smartphone. Um, if you don't have a smartphone, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, there's other ways of observation, taking pictures, something, but the ability to take a picture, and especially if you take a picture right when you notice that something's wrong, take a picture. because. It's not just that you have a picture of the damage, but you also have a date associated with that picture. So if you end up going to say a master gardener plant clinic um, to seek help about what might be wrong with your plant, or you, you go to your local nursery and you're wanting to talk to them about "This things happening with my plant and I don't know what's going on. They might be saying, well, how long has this been going on for? And you could say, oh, I don't know. Gosh, it feels like months but you look back at the picture that you took when you first noticed it, and it was a week ago. And it's say, oh, I noticed it about a week ago. Well, that, you know, that gives some information because someone can look at the degree of damage on the plant and say, okay, this amount of damage was done probably in about a week, because you know, a week before that, maybe you hadn't noticed anything wrong with it, and now you noticed some damage. So what could be causing that damage that quickly? Um, if you do see the bug, on the plant, take a picture of it. Try and get a good picture of it. Because identifying the pest, if it is a pest, is absolutely key to know how to approach it, how to treat it. Different insects respond to different environments. Sometimes it might be a kind of thing where it's gonna affect your plant for a little bit, but then the plant's gonna outgrow it. The bugs are gonna move on. It's not gonna kill your plant. Maybe you've gotta learn to live with a little visual damage but it's going to be just fine or the answer might be this is terrible (laughs) oh my goodness this is an awful pest to have in your garden here's the things you need to do about it so you really have to know who the culprit is and you know culprits leave traces they leave indicators different insects and bugs um eat plants differently some of them suck on the leaves and some of them chew the leaves and they leave different bite marks and patterns and depending on what kind of plant it is you know there's also certain insects that only feed on certain kinds of plants so if we know that this is a strawberry plant or a potato or a tomato or a rhododendron or whatever it is there's only certain bugs that are going to eat that kind of plant and that helps your detective, whether your detective is yourself or you're seeking help from someone else, that gives them more information to try and determine, hmm, okay, well we've narrowed the list of suspects down to this you know, group of, of 10 individuals and it may be one of them. So then let's try and research further. Can we catch them in the act? Can we get a picture of them committing the plant crime? Or do you um do we just need to keep looking at what's happening to the plant you know and maybe it's not a bug maybe it's a disease maybe it's some fungal problem that's happening in the plant maybe it's a blight that's happening in the roots maybe it's some other thing that's making the plant look limp and look terrible maybe it's uh late august september and we're having this kind of damp rainy year that we seem to be having here in, this year and uh um you're looking at your zucchini plants and they just seem kind of like there's little spots showing up on the leaves and are like, oh, it's that? Well, pretty much anybody who lives out here is going to say, it's powdery mildew! <laughs> and that's what happens because we have a very damp climate out here and a lot of times if you start to see powdery mildew showing up on squash plants, on tomato plants, on cucumbers, on all kinds of plants and it's this dusty white powdery thing, substance, And um, it's terrible, it's just terrible. And it will eventually kill your plant, but a lot of times it shows up late enough that you can still get a good harvest in even though you've got powdery mildew. But that's something that's really important to know. Um, Maybe you've got a tomato plant and it's just yellowing and it's got weird like veining showing up in the stem and the plant just isn't thriving and you just don't know what's happening to it. Well, you may have a, a, a root rot, you may have like a fusarium wilt or a verticillium wilt, or, and there's so many other things it could be. And you gotta maybe dig that plant up and look at the roots or take a leaf in and show master gardeners and say, what could this be? You gotta to get to the root of what it is. And maybe you're going to, they're gonna ask you questions about, well, where are you growing this tomato plant? And you say, well, there's just one spot in my garden that gets enough sun, and I've been growing my tomato plants there for 10 years and you know this is the first time i've ever seen any problems well one of the things that happens when you grow plants over and over and over again in the same place is that you can build up disease in the soil you can build up pests in the neighborhood that love that plant and they're just going to hang out in the environment because they know eventually come spring you're going to put that lovely plant that they love to eat right back in that same spot and they're gonna move in and start eating on it. And maybe the first couple of years, you don't notice much damage because there aren't that many of them. But every year they hang out, they invite more of their friends, they reproduce, there's more and more of them. And so there's gonna be one critical year where there's more of them than your plant can fight off. And it's not gonna be able to survive. So, that could be its a cultural problem in a sense that you've been planting this one plant over and over and over again in the same place, in the same soil, but it's also a disease problem. You know, it's a, it's a fungal problem. It's a root rot. It's one of these things. And these, again, are questions to ask yourself. You know, what could it be? And what could be causing my plant to act this way? Uh, An a interesting thing to think about is, has anything changed? in your garden that might be causing this problem. And, you know, suddenly maybe you have a plant and its leaves are kind of brown around the edges or they're just looking kind of burned. And, you know, you're not sure what's going on. And, you know, you think it should be doing so much better because your neighbor cut down this tree and all of a sudden your garden's getting so much more sunlight and you would think all of your plants would be wildly happy because now all of a sudden they're in full sun and they used to get a much more filtered sunlight. And that, that would be great, right? You know, if plants are suddenly getting a lot more sun than they used to, but that's only a good thing if that plant likes full sun. If you've got a plant that doesn't like full sun and it liked that filtered light and it liked being in a more semi-shade environment, and now all of a sudden it's getting six to eight hours of hot, hot sun, then its leaves might start looking burned and crisp. And you know, if it's something like a hydrangea, um, there's times on those really hot, sunny days we get late in summer where the leaves might just get completely burned and the flowers get burned too. They just turn brown because they're, they're cooked essentially. They're, they're sunburned. And that can look like a disease. It can look like something terrible. But essentially, you know, what's happened to that plant is if you go off to the beach and, you know, lay in the sun for eight hours and you don't put on any sunscreen or you don't wear a shirt or a hat and you come home and you're completely boiled red like a lobster. So that can be a change that happened. And you might have to think about maybe you've got to move that plant to a shadier spot in your garden, or maybe you've got to plant another another plant that's going to give it some shade, Um, water can be a change in your garden that can create problems that you don't think about Um, you know maybe you have a spot in your garden that you've never had to water and the plants have always thrived and then one year you go and you finally get all your gutters fixed you know you get all new gutters on your house and suddenly the plants in that area start to really struggle and they they look like they're just struggling well what could be wrong maybe those plants were used to getting watered by your leaky gutters and they were getting a lot more irrigation just accidentally because rain was coming through your gutters maybe your gutters were overflowing and you didn't have to water because they were just getting naturally watered every time it rained and you know maybe they didn't need as much water in the summer so, or it could be the opposite. Maybe you don't, you're not cleaning out your gutters and they're totally overflowing and making an area super, super wet, that never used to be that wet. And the plants in that area start to struggle. So these are the kind of detective questions that you need to ask yourself. Has anything changed? Did, did something in the environment change? Did some bug show up that you know, I've never seen before and that maybe is causing the problem? You know is there a new weed in the neighborhood growing that's taking over everything and you know maybe it's a host plant for some other insect it's coming into your garden you've got to pay attention and and this is one of the things that is wonderful about gardening um but it's also uh, something you got to do if you're going to have a garden is you have to pay attention you have to be out in your garden looking at it and observing and noticing what's going on, noticing the changes, noticing how the plants are growing, how they're behaving, how they're responding to the things that you do or don't do. And that's going to help you learn how to be a better gardener, but it's going to help you learn how to deal with things when things go wrong. Because you're going to understand more why it went wrong. Oh, it went wrong because my watering system failed and none of my plants were getting watered. Or My watering system was overwatering and everything's super wet. And these are all things to notice and pay attention to. And they can just be background things that you do as you walk through your garden. You know, maybe once a day you go for a, a walk in your garden and you just notice what's happening. You know, oh, this plant's about to bloom. This plant's starting to die back now. This one looks like it's about to set fruit. Just noticing those things is gonna help you know what plants maybe should look like if they're growing well, so that you can pay attention and notice if it's not growing well. So there are some great tools out there that can help you. And, you know, I think in this age of, of internet, you know, we all do research online to try and figure out what a problem is. And um, for anyone who has ever looked up you know, medical symptoms, you know, there could be a lot of sketchy information out there, and the same is true with plant advice. So the first thing I would say is if you're gonna look up your problem online, make sure that whatever website you're going to uh, that's giving you advice um, is a reputable website. Um, I would definitely start first with uh, university, you know, a, a university, especially an extension, Program. All um, states have, you know, an extension service where they do research, and usually there's a master gardener program. And so, if you start there, seek out your local master gardeners and whatever county you live in, and reach out to them. Um, they can help diagnose problems, pests, diseases, cultural problems, um, and and they're a really great resource to start with. Uh, it's good to have some basic information so if you can take good photographs if you if you're going to a plant clinic maybe or going to drop stuff off at your extension office uh, it's great if you could bring samples of the problems or bring some diseased leaves in a in a ziploc bag if you can catch an insect um you know put it in a jar and bring that in whatever you can bring them is going to help them understand um, the the reasons why this might be happening to your plant, that's going to be really really helpful. Uh, so I would definitely start, you know, either in person or on the phone with your master gardener or your extension service, or online with you know your extension service website because a lot of times they have diagnostic uh, information on their websites as well. Um, you know, be wary if you're looking online and you're looking at a website if If a website's trying to sell you something, if they're trying to sell you a solution to your problem, I would be more wary of the information that they're giving you because their main motivation is to sell you this, you know, fertilizer or this herbicide or pesticide or this solution to whatever it is that's wrong with your plant. And that might not be what's wrong with your plant. You know, if you don't know for sure what's wrong, you know, their solution that they sell you that you may spend an awful lot of money on may not fix it so you know that maybe isn't the right place to go i think it it doesn't even have to necessarily be the the extension service of the state that you live in i've gotten some great information from other states from other universities sometimes it's better if you're getting information from the region you live in because there's certain just growing issues you know for us here in the pacific northwest that Gardeners on the East Coast or in the South or in the Rocky Mountains just don't—they aren't the problems that they deal with. So that might not be what that university extension service researches, or it may not be information that they have on their websites because it's not super informative. Um, another tool that I'm finding more and more very helpful and uh, kind of uh, in a in an interesting sort of immediate information getting away is a cool app that I've put on my smartphone. And it's called SEEK, um, S-E-E-K, SEEK. And it's uh, from iNaturalist, which is uh, associated with National Geographic. And um, I like them, they're a cool organization and I I trust them. And it's a very cool, um, iNaturalist is a really cool sort of citizen science website. It's lots of different people uploading um, photos and information about what they're observing on, in their gardens, on their properties, in their neighborhoods. You know, people take photos and upload them. And it's, it's very cool as a program to document you know, what's blooming, what's, what insects are around, what frogs are there, what birds are showing up. And it, it's uh, gathering a huge amount of information about you know, the natural world, which is really cool in these you know, somewhat scary times of climate change. Um, to document some of these changes that are happening in our environment and to better understand um, some of the larger patterns. But wh- what, I, what I really love about this program is that they have this aspect of it where you do have to be comfortable with it accessing the photos on your camera uh, because it does ask to do that. But you can take your smartphone camera and, and point it at uh, an insect or a plant, and it will help you identify it. Um, sometimes it can't 100% with accuracy identify it. It's really good with insects, uh, but sometimes with plants, especially if it's immature or it hasn't reached its blooming phase yet, it can get you to the family of plants, but it can't necessarily tell you within that family which exact plant it is. But even just knowing the family of the plant, if, if you've got a weed that show, showed up on your property and you don't know what it is. You've never seen it before. You have no idea what this is. Being able to use this tool to identify it. I mean, it's been interesting for me to see some plants I'm like, I've never seen this on my farm before. And all of a sudden I'm starting to see this weed everywhere. Well, what is it? And knowing what it is, number one can help you know, is this a really bad thing, <laughs> you know? Is this really terrible or is this just gonna be annoying? because um, that also can help you understand what to do about it. Um, what are the steps you need to take to address it? Same with the insects. Um, and, and sometimes it's just fascinating. We were using this last fall to identify different caterpillars that were showing up on the farm. You know, all those cool little wooly caterpillars that show up in the fall. And he was able to tell us, oh, this is the caterpillar for this kind of moth and this kind of moth. And it was, you know, it was just interesting to look at them and to know, oh, these are the things that live on my property. These are the things that live on my farm. And to learn more about them. Um, Learning more about what exists, what insects and bugs live in your garden, what birds live in your garden, and how they interact with your garden, how things move through your garden, how diseases move through your garden, um, all kinds of different things. All of that knowledge is going to help you be a better gardener. It's gonna help you be a stronger gardener and it's gonna give you the confidence to make a lot of diagnosis decisions on what to do when things go wrong. Because I gotta tell you, things are gonna go wrong. Not every year is gonna be an abundant harvest. Some years, things are gonna die. Some years, it's gonna be a catastrophe. And I'm learning that lesson this year and it's not a fun lesson, But if you've got these tools, if you've got these skills, if you know what questions to ask, I can help you get through it and and help find that optimism to just take a deep breath and look forward to next season. (laughs) So those are my thoughts for today. Um, I hope things are growing well in your gardens. I hope you're having a great growing season and uh, I hope the rain is helping you not have to irrigate and um, look forward to talking to you next time.